Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The 117th edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty and the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline, hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys today. We're on the eve of the national championship game as Carolina will take on Kansas in New Orleans tomorrow night. And we're going to get you ready for the matchup with the Jayhawks. We're going to break down Kansas. Update you on some stats regarding Carolina. Give you some background on Carolina and Kansas in the NCAA tournament before we give our keys to the game and ultimately pick the game before we get out of this edition of the show. But we start every preview edition of the podcast, as we always do, with the pod thought of the day. And this has been the same pod thought since the start of the NCAA tournament. It's worked so far. We're not going to change it now. And that is simply play hard, play smart, and play together. That, of course, phrase coined by Dean Smith, and that is the the mantra of the program. That's the foundation of Carolina basketball. And, and those three values are the reason why Carolina has made it to the final Monday of the season, and, and they'll be looking to hang their eighth banner in the Smith Center tomorrow night. But standing in their way is a very good opponent, and that would be the Kansas Jayhawks. They enter with a 33-6 and record overall. They won the Big 12 regular season and the Big 12 tournament, as they do most years, um, as, as Bill Self has had a stranglehold of the conference since he took over after Roy Williams left Kansas for Carolina back in 2003. They made the national title game after dispatching Villanova in the first national semifinal last night. 81 to 65, and they are led in scoring by All-American Ochai Abaji, um, who's had a fantastic regular season. Hasn't had the same type of NCAA tournament he was expecting to have, but he he broke out yesterday in a big way, um, making six threes for Kansas, and they're on their way to taking down Villanova. And then, buddy, this this Kansas team, um, this is a team that was my preseason pick to win the national championship. 
Um, they were the team that both you and I picked when we got the bracket back on Selection Sunday to cut down the nets um, in New Orleans. But uh, they've, they've lived up to their billing so far, making it all the way to the national title game. They hadn't played their best basketball the first two the first two weekends of the tournament, but they put their best best game together last night against Villanova, and and they pose a really big test tomorrow night for Carolina as two of college basketball's premier programs meet for a national championship. Yeah, and I, I mean th- this was a team that we we both knew coming in was going to be one of the favorites. Um, we both picked them to win the national championship in our bracket for a reason because, man, this this team, this team all season has just seemed like they've been building to something with all uh, the different pieces that they acquired in the offseason. Ochai Abaji has been uh, arguably the best player in the country for the entire season, and uh, it's, it's definitely shown in this tournament. And, and Abaji hasn't even been playing all that well. And now, you know, in the in the final four, he get, he goes off against Villanova, um, and it's it's just it is as deep of a team as you are going to see, um, especially at this point of the season. So for Carolina, it's a challenge, but Carolina has been met with so many challenges at this point in the season that I don't really think it matters. I think this is just another. Uh, you know, another game for Carolina. I know it's the national championship game. There are going to be nerves for sure, but it feels like with this team that they're not afraid of any opponent that is on the other side. So I I think Carolina's in, you know, in a pretty good spot here. I I think that Carolina does uh, some things that, you know, so far Kansas probably hasn't seen in the NCAA tournament. And the way this team is making shots – I think it's 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 hard not to feel like that won't continue on Monday night in this game. So uh, it, it, look, it's it's definitely a challenge. There's a reason why Kansas is here, um, but at the same time, you know the luck that Kansas has had. Look, they've been to ten national championship games now, and in, in the first nine, they are three and six all time. So Carolina, uh, you know, I, I think that it, they're in for a battle, no doubt about it. Um, but right now, I mean, you're talking about a guy in Hubert Davis who is outcoached, a guy that was the national coach of the year last year in Scott Drew. Uh, he's outcoached Mick Cronin, who got his team to the Final Four a year ago and is one of the more well-respected coaches around all of college basketball. And he's now outcoached uh, Mike Krzyzewski on the biggest stage uh, in the sport. So I definitely feel like he's up for the challenge going against a guy in, in Bill Self who – uh, I, I don't think is on the same level as Coach K. I don't think that's a, that's a reach by any stretch of the imagination. So I, I expect Hubert uh, to be ready to go and his team to be ready to go on Monday. Yeah, you mentioned the depth, and, and Kansas does. They, they they do play a lot of guys. They'll go eight, maybe nine deep. They got four guys that average double-figure scoring. Um, so they do have a very balanced but potent offensive attack as well. And, you know, as for Bill Self, look, there's no denying the greatness that, that Bill Self um, the, the, how great he is. He, he he wins the Big 12 just about every year. They're usually a one or two seed just about every year. 
but it's only got one national championship. And look, winning championships are hard. Everybody gets that. But the narrative changes around coaches when they get two of them. We saw what happened with Roy when he got his third one. It puts you in even more rarefied air. And he's seeking that second national championship in a, in, a, in a building where he's lost a national title game before. They lost the 2012 final to Kentucky after beating Carolina in the Elite Eight to get to that Final Four. And so there's just a lot of different moving factors that go into uh, that'll go into this game. And um, as we've talked about on, on the podcast before, when we were the Roy's Boys podcast, when we talked with Matt Doherty, Carolina and Kansas have that weird connection. Dean Smith played there, went and then built his program at Carolina. And Roy Williams became an assistant at Carolina, went back to coach at Kansas for 15 years before leaving Kansas to come back to Carolina. Um, Matt Doherty was an assistant at Kansas before he became the head coach at Notre Dame, before he became the head coach at Carolina. So just a lot of just moving parts between these two basketball blue bloods um, and, and then them being, meeting on the biggest stage for a national championship is one of the best things the sport of college basketball as a whole could ask for. As for Carolina, they come in 29-9 and record. They advance to the national title game, of course, after beating Duke last night in the second national semifinal of the Final Four um, to, to earn the biggest win in the history of the rivalry and to end Coach K's legendary coaching career. They, of course, are led in scoring by Armando Baycott and in rebounding by Armando Baycott, who grabbed 21 rebounds in last night's game, the most ever by a Tar Heel in a national semifinal or a national title game. Carolina is playing in the national title game for the third time in the last six years, 2016, 2017, and now here in 2022. And, and as I mentioned, Carolina and Kansas, they have that connection with their coaching, and they have history meeting in the NCAA tournament uh, and in the national title game. Of course, Carolina beat Kansas in the national final in 1957 to complete their undefeated season. Uh, they upset Wilt Chamberlain's Jayhawks and, and basically Kansas's backyard that year to win the national title. Um, but outside of that, there hasn't been many, many good moments for the Tar Heels. They were 0-3 against Kansas under Roy Williams, losing to them in the 2008 Final Four, the 2012 Elite Eight, and then they lost to them in the 2013 second round of the tournament. Um, as for Dean Smith, he was 1-1 one one against Kansas as Carolina's head coach, both times those matchups coming in the Final Four. But uh, – Carolina does have the one piece of history that matters where they've met in the national title game and Carolina was able to come out victorious in that game. And, you know, there will be all those different storylines getting us ready for tomorrow night. Another storyline, though, that we're on, on the Carolina spectrum side of things is the thing that we talked about the most leading into the game with Duke was – Meeting be, meeting Duke in the national semifinal and the national as opposed to the national title game meant that you would have to turn around whoever won the game in less than 48 hours to get up and play for a national championship after playing in the most emotional game of the season. And that's what last night was. That was as emotional a college basketball game as you're going to see, whether it's for a national title game or not, you can't. You can't downplay the buzz that was in the building and everything that went into Carolina winning that game. 
How concerned of a letdown should we be that this team might not be able to to get back up 48 hours less and be able to compete at a high level for a national championship? I mean, the thought, I think, has entered everybody's mind. And, and, and you're not you're not human if, if that thought hasn't entered your mind. But, I, I mean, my thing is, is, look, you're – People want to say, well, look at some of the regular season matchups in that, in that first matchup after close games like this and how much you have to put into the game and everything like that. Look, I get that. This is a national championship game, though. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no bigger stage for you to get up for. I'm not that concerned about that. I, I think – you know, look. If, if you're worried about how much, how many minutes Carolina's starters played, man, this is the Iron Five. They they played this long uh, for for the majority of the season here, especially the stretch run, and it's worked out for them. I, I'm not really worried about that that element of it. Um, if you're worried about the mindset of it, I mean, again, I I think you know with with it being the national title game, I feel like there is going to be a heightened focus from these guys. I, I don't think that they're going to come out, um, you know, just just kind of going through the motions and everything like that. I, I don't see that at all. Um, and my thing is, is I think at this point, you got to trust Hubert Davis to be able to get these guys yeah. up and ready to go. Um, he has proven it time and time again here during this tournament run, even when they've had some of these turnarounds. I mean, look, it's definitely not comparable, but – you know, Carolina, there there were some people that wondered if there could be a letdown factor after the game against UCLA with how they had to win that game. Um, and that wasn't the case. So I, I think it's a short turnaround. There's no doubt about that. But I think that this team knows what the goal is. Look, you beat Duke, and that's tremendous. We're going to talk about that for years to come. But here's the thing. As of this morning, the mindset's on Kansas. And it, it needs to be on Kansas because they're a really good basketball team. But, yeah, it should be on finishing this season with a title that nobody thought you were going to win, um, that most people still seem to be doubting you on. I saw a video this morning of Jeff Goodman saying how, uh, you know, Kansas is, is clearly the better team. This you know, won't be much of a game. Um, so people are still doubting you. So ultimately, the only way to prove these people completely wrong is to go in there and win a national championship. So I think there's a motivation factor here. I'm not worried about the fatigue factor. I think the one element of this game that you wonder about and you probably should be wondering about going in is what is the health of Armando Baycott? Is, yeah. he, is, is he at a spot where he can play? 30 to 35 minutes. If he can, then I feel like you're, you're, you're feeling pretty confident about where you are going into this game. If not, I still feel like you should feel confident because of just how well this team is playing. But at that point, I think that's, that, that's probably the one area of concern that you should have going into tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I do feel like our trust in this team – hasn't been higher than it is right now. This is a team that um, ha- has really turned into a team that we know is going to show up and they're going to play hard for 40 minutes. They're going to give their best effort and they're going to live it all on the line. And um, now, look, the, look, the job's not finished. You, you, you beat Duke. 
I mean, might as well just go win a national championship in the process. And I, I think the best thing that Hubert Davis has done with this this group and this team on this run is he's let them enjoy the moment. It, it some some other teams, no, you would have to, you know, you have to say, hey, move on. We got to get, you know, we got one more to go. But no, this team needs to celebrate the way they did last night, get it all out of their system. That way they can spend all day today and all day tomorrow turning their attention and their focus to, to, to playing Kansas and being ready to compete for a national championship. Um, the health of, 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 of Armando Baycott is significant because you know how important he is to what you want to do on both ends of the court. But I think we know something about that guy is that he's a tough guy. Um, if Even if he's not 100%, he's going to play, and he's going to give his best effort to give Carolina a chance to win a national championship. And um, th- this team has just – they. In, in two months, they've embodied what we believe this program is is built upon after an up-and-down first three months under Hubert Davis. But once that light switch turned on and it really clicked for this group, we've really seen them really take off. They've only lost three times since the beginning of February. They entered the tournament as hot as any team in the country, and that's continued as they've made their way to a national championship game as an eight seed. So, guys, we're with that, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to give our keys to the game and pick the game as Carolina meets Kansas tomorrow night in the national championship game in New Orleans. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your favorite team's victory into your own big win, and we mean the Tar Heels. Bet on the heels to get it done, guys. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win, the Tar Heels, and get $200 in free bets if they do so. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make it to the next round and who will hit the most three-pointers. Then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Hey guys, make sure you head over to the website right now. We've got all the coverage that you need as Carolina takes down the Duke Blue Devils to move on to the national championship game on Monday night. Josh has you covered with a recap of the biggest win in the history of college basketball and now turns the attention towards Monday night's matchup. He'll have all the coverage for you, the preview, the recap of the national championship game as the Tar Heels battle the Jayhawks and hope to bring home their eighth title. Check it out right now, HeelToughBlog.com. Really hope you guys are taking great advantage of all this of, of all these great offers I've been giving you on the four corner side of things. Same for Anthony over there on the heel tough blog side of things as well. And now Carolina turns their attention to Kansas, and this is a this is a difficult Kansas team to defend, as we mentioned earlier. 
four guys that average double-figure scoring. But the main guy that you've got to control is Ochai Abaji. He was the All-American for Kansas, averaging roughly 19 points per game. Had an up-and-down tournament until last night, scoring over 20 points in the win against Villanova. You could imagine that Leaky Black's going to draw that assignment because Leaky has drawn the best offensive player for every for every opponent so far this season and really the last couple of years for Carolina. So you got to stop him first and foremost, but you also got to stop David McCormack. He scored 25 last night for Kansas. He really beat Villanova up inside, and um, that's something that I think Kansas will try to come back to in this game is to try to get the ball inside. Um, You know, Carolina has a limited front court depth with really just Baycott and Manic playing on the front court extensively. You'll see some Puff Johnson and Dontre Styles off the bench, but when they're on the floor, Carolina goes small. So the really first key for Carolina to winning this game is making life hard for Ochai Abaji and not allowing McCormack to establish inside, uh, you know, an inside presence and doms like he did last night against Villanova. Yeah, no, I mean it's it, it that that's one of the main keys because that's how they started that game off. They put the ball inside. McCormack really just sort of sucked that Villanova defense in. And once that happened, Ochai Abaji just went off. And you know, look, he hasn't had a great tournament to this point, but he turned it on when he needed to last night. And usually what happens, especially we we've seen it for Carolina players before. When you start out a Final Four like that, it usually carries over into the national title game. So mm-hmm. Carolina's got to be careful. This is a team that you know we, we talked about. One of the big reasons why Carolina won last night against Duke was because of the fact that Duke did not shoot well from the perimeter. That's not going to be a concern for this Kansas team. If they want to step out there and just play a a three you know in a, a three point shootout contest, they can. They, they, they've got the guys that can do that. So Carolina's got to be careful there for sure. Um, but, yeah, it, it starts inside. And, again, I, I you know, if, if Armando is healthy enough, and I, 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 think, I think he will be, I think for sure he's going to give it a go. I know that. Um, but I think he'll, he'll be in, in good enough shape. I think that he has what it takes to win that matchup. He's done it all season against these bigs. Um, he did it, you know, against a guy that we heard time and time again, and Mark Williams was the best defensive big in college basketball, and that may be true, but man, Armando clearly won that battle again last night, and there's countless other guys that you can look at from earlier in the season that he won that matchup with. So I like that matchup uh, again for Carolina in this one. Uh, on the inside, but yeah, it definitely has to start inside. They have to be able to take away, um, you know, those easy points because that was where that was where Duke had the most success. Um, that was the reason why this game was, frankly, as close as it was because they could ne- they, they did not shoot well from the perimeter. But when you let up as many uh, paint points as Carolina did, it, it's hard not to allow a team to hang around in this game. You've got to be able to. To, to keep them out of the paint and as tough it is, as, as it is, make them make those perimeter jump shots again in this game. If they do, then you got to live with it. But I, I think it, you can't let them get these, these easy opportunities inside or it could be a long night. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. Um, and I think Carolina 
will be more focused on on guarding the the paint a lot better than they did last night because it was it was an area where they struggled. You got to give credit to Duke for the way they attacked Carolina's defense, but there were simply times where Carolina had had breakdowns that. Uh, you, you know, you, you, you can't afford to have in this game. But um, I, I do think Carolina will bounce back and, and turn in another, you know, a quality defensive performance. Um, the second key, and, you know, for those of you that listen on a consistent basis, you'll realize that a lot of these keys have been the same the whole tournament run because that's what it's usually like this time of the year. And second key for Carolina, you got to stay out of foul trouble. Um, you know, I think when, our, when, when Armando Baycott fouled out last night, we all had that uneasy feeling in the pit of our stomach because we know how important he is to what we want to do. Um, and with him off the court, it makes it harder to do the things that we want to do on both ends. Uh, but Carolina was able to find a way to, to, to overcome that and still win the game. But outside of him fouling out, I mean, R.J. Davis at one point in the game had four fouls. I believe Brady Manick had four fouls and Caleb Love had three fouls. Carolina can't afford to have those guys in foul trouble early in the game or at, really at any point in the game. Kansas is a very aggressive team. Um, they're one of the, the the teams that I actually watch the most of all the teams that I hate because they usually are playing in big games in the Big 12. So they want to get downhill. They want to get to the rim. They want to force contact and, and make the make the whistles make the officials call blow the whistle if there's contact there that's that's deemed worthy of a foul. So Carolina's got to move their feet. They've got to play defense without fouling because that's going to be a big part of Kansas's MO is to try to get Baycott or Manic out of the game early and one of Carolina's guards out of the game early as well, knowing Carolina has limited depth coming off the bench. Yeah, definitely. And especially if, if, if Baycott is not 100%, you know they're going to want to go straight after Brady Manic, But it'll be, it'll be interesting um, because I think that you, to a certain extent, you can't control what happens in this game a hundred totally because I think there's another element to it. What is this game called like? Because I, I I told you, um, I don't remember if I said it to you on the podcast last night or if it was off air. I could not believe how tightly called that game was mm -hmm. last night for a final four game. I really thought that they were going to let some things go um, at even at some point of the game. I thought there would be some contact that they would let go and they did not. Um, they called every single foul that they could possibly call. Um, I wonder if that's going to be how the national championship game is going to go. And look from the experience of 2017, you should know that it can, it can fluctuate. Um, Carolina, you know, that first half against Gonzaga, there was a lot of physicality, but not a lot called. They kind of just yeah. let the teams play. Early in that second half, we remember there were some tense moments because they started calling a lot of different stuff. And you had a couple of guys for Carolina that got into a little bit of foul trouble. I never really got to the point where I guess you would consider it overly concerning. But that's the thing that Carolina's got to be aware of in this game. And, you know, I think for the most part, Carolina kind of did the best that they could last night uh, against Duke of staying out of foul trouble. I know that there were some, some call, you know, you had Armando Baycott foul out. Um, and I, there were definitely some calls that were right where Carolina, um, you know, there was there was another one on Armando where I thought he closed out a little too late on Bancaro and and it picked it picked up a foul that was not necessary. Um, but 
You know, there were some other ones. I thought his illegal screen was as as bad of an offensive foul call as I've seen in a long time. There was absolutely nothing there that was illegal about that screen. He got there right in time and set that. And let's be honest, we've seen plenty of teams that set screens like that all year that that doesn't get called. There was one on R.J. Davis as well that was extremely questionable where he got hit hip-checked and got called for the foul. But, um, you know, I, I, I think for the most part, Carolina did what they had to do and – Armando doesn't foul loud if, if, if he doesn't get that that terrible offensive foul call. So um, I, I think they've done a good job of managing it. But, yeah, if, if you lose, especially if you lose one of those guys inside and you've got to play small with Puff or Dontrez Styles in the game, it is going to affect how you play defense. Really, it's going to – at that point, I would say it's going to affect you know, how Kansas attacks the lane. Because I think at that point, if you're Kansas, you go straight to the rim. So Carolina's got to be careful with, with that. Um, but I, I think this could be one of those games in the national championship game where it is called a, a little looser because that you want the best players out there to decide who is actually the national champion. Yeah. So I, I think some physicality will be let go. But if you're Carolina, you kind of got to feel it out, and you got to feel it out through different portions of the game to see how aggressive you can be on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Another key for Carolina is they got to continue to win the rebounding battle. And as long as Armando Baycott's a full go, um, that 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 seems a lot easier because he's just been a rebounding machine. Three twenty rebound games so far in the NCAA tournament, um, and that's a big reason why Carolina's in the national title game. But we saw Kansas last night really beat up. Villanova on the offensive glass, and that's something that Carolina struggled with last night themselves. They gave up 15 offensive rebounds to Duke, um, and that 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 was a number that usually you give up that many offensive rebounds, you're usually going to win the game, but or you're usually going to lose the game. But for Carolina, the, the thing that we talked about in terms of winning the rebounding battle is that it allows them to dictate the game, the pace at which the game is played. And um, I thought last night Carolina settled too much to play in the half court for my liking. But, look, it, it ultimately worked out. And they were able to move on and, and, and win the ball game. But Carolina's got to rebound the ball, because it, if, especially on the offensive glass, because it, it wears down the opponent. But if you can limit them to second-chance points and dictate the pace at which you want to play, and it allows R.J. Davis and Caleb Love to really, you know, get into the flow of the game, then Carolina's going to give themselves a really good shot to win the game. But Kansas has size. They've got length, and they've got more dudes than you have. So this will be a tougher task than it has been so far in terms of winning a rebounding battle against an opponent. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, they they won the rebounding battle uh, in in the game against Villanova. They had ten offensive rebounds, and I, I think that it, it's something that we know with Carolina at this point in the season, they've got to be able to do. Now, the good news is is Villanova had twelve offensive rebounds on the other side, so. Yeah. They are prone to being to, to giving up some of those offensive rebounds, and that's an area that I think has really helped Carolina later in the season. Here is they look early in the season they were that, that they were getting to the glass pretty well against some of the smaller schools, some of the mid-major opponents, but against 
the schools where you needed to get to the offensive glass and create those second chance opportunities. They weren't able to do it. They've done a better job at that as the season has gone along, but that's going to be extremely important in this game because unless you're going to shoot the lights out in this game, you're going to need to create those second chance opportunities for yourself because Kansas is as good of a shooting team as you're going to have faced in this tournament so far. I mean, last night, they shot 53% from the field. So Carolina needs as many opportunities as they can get. And they need to erase second chance opportunities for Kansas because, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, they've got two guys inside, David McCormack, who, who of course everybody talks about, but they also got Jalen Wilson, who pulled down five of those offensive rebounds last night. So Carolina's got to be ready for whatever gets thrown their way uh, from those Kansas bigs on the inside. But at this point, it's hard to doubt this Carolina team on the glass because, as we said, not only is it Armando Baycott, who is just dominating at this point and is locked in, if he can get to that 20-rebound number again, you feel pretty confident that Carolina is going to be able to win. But it's also the other guys around him. R.J. Davis, seven rebounds. Last night, all of them on the defensive glass. Leaky Black, nine rebounds. Six of them on the offensive glass. So you've got guys contributing all over for you on the glass. Hopefully that continues in this game. That's that's probably the area when we talk about the keys. That's probably the one that I'm most confident in for Carolina going into this game because it feels like this is a team that is rebounding the way that we saw a lot of Roy Williams teams do uh, when it matters the most. And I I think that's going to be the case again on Monday night. It's just what do they do with those second-chance opportunities? What can they do with those defensive rebounds that they pull down? The last key for Carolina to cut down the nets and win their eighth national championship, they got to make perimeter shots. In four of the five games so far, the NCAA tournament, they've made double-digit threes. Um, So that's still going to be – the magic number is still going to be anywhere from eight to ten for Carolina, but they've got to get to that threshold. And uh, they they made some last night. You had the the dagger from Caleb Love over Mark Williams. Brady Manick made a tough one in the corner. They're going to have to make tough shots again. Kansas is going to be really good and aggressive on the, the on the perimeter trying to extend their defense out and make it hard on Carolina to get into their offensive sets. But this team has become really good at taking and making tough shots. So that that's that's got to continue. They've got they've got to make they've got to make perimeter shots. Um, that's a big part of what opens up the rest of the tire of their offense. If they make anywhere from eight to ten threes, I think they have a really good chance to win a national championship. Yeah, no, I, I think it 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 definitely feels like that. If you get I, to me, if you get to ten, I think if you get to those that double digit number that has seemed to be the key in the tournament, you will you will win this game um, because, as I said, this team, this Kansas team, has shooters. They showed last night that they can shoot the ball from the outside, and they've shown it constantly throughout the season that they got guys that can knock down clutch shots from the outside. So you've got to be able to do the same thing. The good news is you've done that all tournament long. When the guys have needed to step up and make plays, they have. And I mean, look at look at last night. 
Um, you know, first half, R.J. Davis was the guy. We thought, okay, this is probably his game where he's going to go off and, and take over. And really, it was more of R.J. Davis was there in the first half making those tough shots uh, just to set the table for Caleb Love to take over in that second half. And that was something we never really saw in the regular season. It was either one was on or one was all and, and one was off or it was neither one were on and they were never able to get it back on track. So I, I feel like you, you need one of those guys primarily to step up. You need Brady Manick to continue to make shots. And I, I think Carolina more than has the capability to do that. Um, I, I feel confident with the way this team is shooting. And, and it's it's gotten to the point now where it's hard not to believe that this is probably the best perimeter shooting Tar Heel team that we've seen. Um, for sure. Uh, and, I, and I think, you know, the, the way they're feeling right now, the confidence they're playing with right now, it's hard to believe that they won't be able to continue to shoot that way in this game. But it, it really is uh, as simple as if they make those shots from the outside um, or just from the perimeter in general, it's going to be really tough for Kansas to win this game with the way that Carolina is playing right now defensively. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I think Carolina, you know, to, to this point, you know, in, in the tournament hasn't really had a bad shooting game um, outside of that game, maybe against St. Peter's. But even in that one, when they needed to hit shots early in the game, they were. I feel like you, you, that that might be one of the concerns with teams is, is that coming eventually? But I, I feel like the way they're playing right now with so much confidence, they'll be able to still hit those perimeter jump shots, those tough shots from the outside that they need to when it matters in this game against Kansas. Carolina enters with just a 29.5% chance to win the game, according to ESPN's College Basketball Power Index. They enter as four-point underdogs, according to Vegas. So, as they have been really since outside of the the, the game against St. Peter's, Carolina has been an underdog um, since the Baylor game moving forward, and and that's going to continue tomorrow night in the national title game. And, look, at this point, when you look at what Carolina has done in this NCAA tournament, there are teams that are destined to win national championships. The way you beat Baylor after blowing a 25-point lead to rally in overtime, to then the way you beat UCLA with Caleb Love making every shot he had to make in the second half, to beating your arch rival in the Final Four, these things are usually written with a storybook ending. And I, look, Carolina is not a Cinderella. I know they're an eight seed, but this is North Carolina basketball. They're the best program in the history of the sport. This isn't a this isn't going to be a Cinderella run, but this will this will echo kind of what you know what UConn did with Kemba Walker when they won eleven straight elimination games, or when Shabazz Napier took them um, in, in two thousand fourteen to the to a national championship as a seven seed, and that's what Carolina is going to do. They're going to win the game because they. You 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 don't you don't come this far just to come this far. And this is a team that has been motivated. They were they got tired of the negativity around them. They knew they were talented enough and capable enough to do exactly what they're about to do tomorrow night. And that's win a national championship. They're going to cap off an historic first season for Hubert Davis. They're going to beat Kansas. And then they're going to win a national championship in a building where they won a national title in nineteen in nineteen eighty two and nineteen ninety three. Yeah, it's uh, 
it, it's really hard to pick against this team right now because, as you said, there are teams that are destined to win national championships. And at this point, it, it feels like Carolina is in that category. Um, it, it is just, I mean, honestly, to just sit here and think about where this team was at just about a month and a half ago is wild. And now they're at this point where, yeah, it, it feels like going into this game with everything that they've been through, that this is the perfect finish to a storybook ending. I think Kansas is as complete of a team as Carolina has faced in this NCAA tournament. There's no doubt about that. I think Carolina has a fight on their hands, but I think the way they're shooting the ball, the way Armando Baycott is playing inside and the fact that this just, this team is just playing with so much confidence right now that it feels like this run is something that, will be capped off, can only be capped off with a national championship. I think they get it done. I think it's going to be a a nail-biter. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game because I think both offenses are really buzzing right now. But I like Carolina 84-80 to over Kansas in the national championship game. There you go, guys. Both Anthony and myself predicting a Carolina win over Kansas. And if that comes to fruition, that'll earn the program their eighth national championship and their seventh overall NCAA tournament title. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners podcast. But we do encourage you guys to get over to the website, HeelToughBlog.com, for the latest for Carolina basketball. Um, they beat. You can go back and check out all the covers from the win over Duke. Begin you ready for Monday's matchup with Kansas with a preview and recap article as well as Carolina season does come to a close tomorrow night one way or another. You'll find all that content over on HeelToughBlog.com. As for the podcast side of things, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we will pop up. You can like the pod. You can review the pod, but most importantly, we do encourage you guys, hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any more editions of the podcast for the remainder of the season. Well, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I do want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.